Hey, Action Shelf listeners, before we jump into the show itself, we want to tell you about how you can get even more action in your life. Mm. <laughs> that appeals to more you. Action, more action, you more say, More action, John. you say, yes. If you go over to our Podbean patron page, that's patron.podbean.com slash punchup, you can listen to Lisman and I watch, what's this? Good action movies. Good action movies, you say? That's right, a change of pace. We thought behind the paywall, let's give people something of quality. So And give us something of quality. I know, it's such know? a pleasure to do that. So twice a month, you and I will be doing commentary tracks that you can download for uh, yes. good action movies, all kinds of awesome mm. stuff from a lot of our heroes like John Woo. And uh, we've done stuff from the John Wick franchise and Sylvester Stallone, mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger, all the guys we never get to talk about on here. Yeah, so you, stuff we legitimately love and uh, love to share with with you you all. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can listen to that uh, as as well as other cool exclusive content from the Punch Up Entertainment Network shows. Uh, once again, the address for that is patron.podbean.com/slash/punchup. And now into the action. The action show. Welcome to the Action Shelf, the podcast celebrates the glory of B-Action movies. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Oh, Lisman, we survived WWE January here on the show, so a whole month of wrestling movies got us all hyped up and full of masculine energy. Oh yeah, brother. Yes. So we're going to replace that masculine energy with a different kind of energy. Yeah. And, in fact, I realize now that I introduced myself properly for this month yeah uh, what i meant to say was it's a me a michael <laughs> yeah yahoo uh yeah no because this is uh february take notes chris pratt take notes <laughs> interesting interesting he's like, yeah uh, pratt's a big action shell fan uh we know this um yeah. oh yes but, he, uh, yeah, he, he writes in a lot he writes in a lot we're always like don't you have something better to do chris pratt um <laughs> God, leave us alone, movie star Chris Pratt. Uh, but uh, no, uh, the, this month on the show, we're declaring February Video Game Valentine's Month. Yay! Mm -hmm. A month Yay. of video game adaptations. Something that's always good in film. They're you never know, bad. I, I, I've often said I, I of, I've often said this theory. Yeah, that the perfect movie adaptation is from a video game. There's never been a bad adaptation. Not once, uh, not from ever. A video game. Not once, not and ever. I think I think this movie proves it. And this I, movie, I, I think I think our guest uh, this yes. week is going to back me. Up. I do I, like. I, I get the distinct feeling. A month of that, such quality as video game movies obviously requires a month yeah. of guests on here too, right? Exactly. So, There's too much quality to go too around. Much, we got to the share these movies and volunteering yet again. He's one of our most frequent guests. I'm. I, I gotta say, I just love every movie this guy chooses. <laughs> Our good friend Alex Schaefer is back with us. 
That's right, folks. I'm back here at the Action Shelf Arcade, and I put in my quarter for the Player 3 slot. Yeah! And, oh boy! You, you, got, you really got something this time, man, because this... I don't know how I do it. I don't know how I don't you, you I do, don't do any research. No. Okay, I do a little bit because sometimes I'm curious about who's in it. <laughs> yeah. But for the most part, I don't check out anything about the movie. I'm going off of title and gut feeling alone. And that and where that gut feeling leads you are so many strange avenues on this show. Oh wow. Because including the most unwatchable movie uh, from last year, Abraxas. Uh, Abraxas. That was <laughs> yeah, our hardest voted, to watch yeah. film. Yes, it yeah. Was. yeah, brother. Abraxas, secundus. And but if you thought that was weird, Abraxas, secundus. Uh, now, now we you've got so Kogoshuko and Abobo as we talk about 1994's Double Dragon. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think the peak of uh quality uh video game movie adaptation i mean i don't even know why it's they kept doing they're just like they they nailed it uh <laughs> yeah exactly no yeah. yeah this is you were asking this before we just before we started recording listen about what year did the super mario brothers movie come out uh mm -hmm. and it was the year mm -hmm. before this and i i also got a lot of the vibes of that movie watching this yes. uh now i will ask had either of you seen this movie before no so I'm not sure because we get to a point later in the movie that felt like it unlocked some sort of like a core memory. Yeah. But I have no other recollection of any other bit of this movie. So maybe it's just something I absorb <laughs> through the internet. It could be. I, I definitely did watch it like as a kid. Cause I just, anything like this, I watched all the video game movies, right? Uh, but like yeah. th this one didn't make a huge impression on me, but I definitely did see it on like cable in the nineties mm -hmm. for sure. Cause mm -hmm. it was just like, Oh, double dragon is a thing I know. Uh, and I can, Alex. Yeah. Alex, can I ask you, uh, was the moment that made the impression that you realized that something was unlocked? Was that when they were force feeding liquidized uh, <laughs> into adobo? Was um, that, was that I mean, what it was? That, that unlocked just, something for just me. The reveal, just the reveal of his transformation, <laughs> but also the spinach thing. Yeah. And like, I don't know if maybe it's from memes or just some weird dark internet yeah. humor stuff. And it's not really dark. It's just kind of No, weird. this belongs on the dark web. <laughs> yeah, you do have to go to some very specific websites to find a Bobo stuff. Uh <laughs> A bubble merchandise. A bubble. <laughs> but like that character is just so distinct yeah. that I uh -huh. swear I've seen it before. Mm -hmm. But I don't know where. Now, now you might be thinking of Vin Diesel. Are you thinking <laughs> of Vin Diesel? <laughs> Vin Diesel saw this movie and went, that's the shape I need to get in. Um. But it never once, it never, never once did Abobo mention family or drink no. Corona with the label facing out. No, so. he never, he, he never did it. <laughs> in fact, uh, I want to talk about some weird label stuff in this movie later. Um, <laughs> there's, some, there's some weird label great stuff. Product placement. There is, yeah. Uh, but I will also ask what this: as product as, would put would put their what like what brand would put well, their well, product uh, do, in the, this movie when the Double Dragon arcade game is in the movie that really threw me done done that was great that <laughs> brings was... up so many questions 
That was just just his like beautiful. It it was just like man, just when you thought this movie couldn't get weirder, it acknowledges the video game it's adapting exists in the world of the movie, and you're like, so you've just shattered reality. Like it's just like of course exactly. It's very much Julia Roberts in uh, uh, Ocean's Twelve. Uh, Ocean's Twelve. Yeah, yeah. It's when a they it's broke that movies. Kind of moment. As we have off the well, only way to- off reference that that movie broke films. <laughs> the only way the fan service could be more ham fisted is if it was a Bobo's fist. <laughs> yeah. The yes. uh, so this is something I was gonna ask. Then I'll ask us about the each of the things. ham, right? Because yeah. his fist is the size of a ham. Okay, I got it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, I was gonna say yeah. is how familiar are you guys with the Double Dragon games? Because I will say it was amongst the games of this era, but I I was more into the Mortal Kombat and the Street Fighter. And stuff like that well, that I wasn't. Is, a, this is almost a different. I mean, this is the beat 'em up. Genre. This is the side. Yeah, yeah this was more like your Streets of Rage, which I was playing. The Streets, Streets of Rage, Rage I played. The the Ninja Turtles game yeah. I played. The Simpsons, X Men, X Men. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I definitely stuff. dabbled in some Double Dragon. Um, I mean, because it was definitely an arcade game, and I think. Yeah. I think our one of our local like Bullwinkles had had that. Yeah, makes sense. And. Yeah. But it was, I remember, yeah, I was just, playing the others on Sega Genesis, mm, oh, but mm. a little bit because it was just yeah. like a rental, and then like done. I never owned them. Yeah, no, mm. I was never. There was never like one of the game franchises I really engaged with. Um, right. I the thing I also I do remember it being like much like the, I remember this movie coming in, and I remember there being a cartoon show of it too that i remember watching was, yeah, was yeah. a cartoon show that i do i remember more the animated series probably engaging with that more than the uh the actual games themselves uh and i think hmm. i might have had some action figures from that cuz i was and it makes sense to make a cartoon out of it because the lore is so rich you know and so deep. the mythos <laughs> of the lee yeah, brothers the mythos and a bobo the, the double drag i mean and there's so many games so like i mean they just continue to expand the world that this I mean, know, franchise takes place in. They did put out six games on the Sega Genesis. That's nuts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so when you say there are so many games, listen, you're not wrong. But this is also a franchise that, as far as I know, hasn't existed for a long time. It hasn't had like the life of some of the other stuff. Uh, no, because Ops in general hasn't really. There's been a bit of a resurgence recently, but I but feel like they're all. Double nostalgic. Dragon has not been one that's been remade. The it, resur- people have not no. come back that well. But the resurgence of them is almost like arch and it's nostalgia. It's things like that Scott yes. Pilgrim game or the new Ninja or, Turtles games, right? Where mm, it's like definitely it's almost River City Rampage. Yeah, that's what I mean. Where it's but are in like the style of the old games, but are definitely mm. updated and they're, have a lot of quality of life. And and yeah. there's they're almost acknowledging the silliness of the beat 'em. You know what I mean? Like it's almost playing into oh, like sure. the tropes of it as opposed to being because it, it was a silly. You know, it's. I mean, I do think the beat 'em ups is it's such a '90s specific thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this oh, you don't well, get much more '90s than this movie. Did they ever make a Streets of Rage movie? Because that's the movie. No, you know, they, I want to see. They've. They, I think there have been attempts. But they've never actually done it. Just want to see uh, what, what's the the mayor? He's like the mayor of the town, he, Haggard or, or, or something like that. Something like and that. He just goes around 
personally fighting crime yeah. as part of his election campaign. All I, I, I played that a lot. sounds like a stupid movie I would watch. I did play a lot of Streets of Rage and that I do remember a lot of like swinging like wrenches and uh, <laughs> crowbars into people's faces and stuff and pile driving people, you know, yeah, all that yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the yeah, I put I, I put in a fair amount of time on Streets of Rage. Um, that's a movie I want to see, and I want to see Nick Offerman play oh, the, the the main sold. character. You that's, just sold a ticket, Lisman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> done and done right there. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk about this movie. I would also accept David Harbor. Just oh yeah, 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 so, yeah. Let's both, talk both about choices. this movie, uh, hmm. Double Dragon, hmm. which it you know this is this is one that 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 like kind of struck while the iron was hot in terms of. Um, you know, this was right in the era of Double Dragon was huge at this point. Yes. Uh, yes. This is not like after the fact. Uh, I do have a budget for this movie. Do you guys want to take your best guess at how much this movie cost in 1994? Boy, 1994. $10 million? Lisbon's saying 10 Alex? Feels high. I don't know. I'm so bad at this game. <laughs> $7 million. Ooh, damn. Alex, damn. Yes. Seven, seven point eight technically, but I will absolutely Woo! give you seven. Yeah, and listen, you're in the you're in the pocket of the, the ballpark. 10. Yeah, yeah, but yes, yeah, seven million. Yeah, uh, and it made two point three. <laughs> so even as cheap as this movie was, it couldn't come close to making back. It's so that's why we never got Double Dragon oh, Two. Oh, no more shame. adventures for the Lee brothers. Mm. Oh boy, yeah. This comes to us from director James Yukic, uh, yeah. who also um, primarily seems to be a music video director, having done a lot of Def Leppard uh, uh -huh. music videos. Uh, yeah, I see that. Phil Collins. Lots, of, yeah, lots of concerts as well. New Kids on the Block. Um, mm -hmm. Not a lot of films. I think this is one of his mm. only, and possibly maybe his only feature film. Lots. Wonder of why he didn't stick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's just this movie's bad across the board. I don't know that it's like horribly. It's not well directed, but I don't know that it's like horribly directed. Um, I mean, again, if you approach this movie as like a performance art piece, you know, like some sort of abstract. A piece of strangeness and stop thinking about it like it's a normal film. I think it's transcendent. <laughs> well, I do want to talk I mean, about looking at the writers. One of them is a guy I, named Peter one Gould. One of them was... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, Peter Gould goes on to be co-showrunner of Breaking Bad and co-creator of Better Call Saul. So... <laughs> the fact, wow. There's a through line. <laughs> yeah, this was, his, this was his first writing job. This is his first oh. credited writing job. Uh, on anything mm. so i you know you, everybody's got to start somewhere but the fact that somebody who had a hand in writing this movie goes on to create some of the best television ever made wow i mean i not only have i seen a lot of horrible movies for this podcast <laughs> i i've watched a lot of horrible video game movies most of them directed by is it uh uve bowl uve yeah, that Uwe um, Boll. Stay tuned for next week, folks. We got an Uwe Boll movie coming next week. So, so my bar for this movie was already very, very low. Right. Oh yeah. Um, and I feel like it cleared it. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. felt 
it was pretty nonsensical at times and very outlandish, but it was fairly entertaining throughout the entirety of it, right? Mm, it was not boring. It, it no, was never boring. And that is a cardinal sin of an action shelf movie, and it does not commit that. It is, it is at, at all turns, every time it slows for even a second, it does something nuts. Right? Most, like, I would oh. say 75% of every scene that happens in this movie ends with a hundred people busting out <laughs> of like uh sewer drains and windows and this, like ambushing the main this team. has so, the most you know. random appearances of henchmen probably of any movie we've seen which is very video Hench- gamey that's true and they they're all very distinct uh i got a lot mm-hmm. of like escape from la well, or, yeah. escape from New York. A the lot warriors. of wa- the warriors. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna Mad say Maxian. different yeah. gangs. Yeah, that was kind yeah. of a cool touch. Yeah, yeah. the 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 mimes, the, mimes, the, 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 the mime ma- gang, the male mohawk gang. The mailmen were my favorite, though. Was there yes. a whole gang of mailmen, or was yes. it just no. one guy who dressed as a mailman? Well, they there's one guy they specifically focus on in that one insane i think he's suicidal obviously um based we're on the way assuming he, yeah uh but the, you do see other mailmen with i like that they all have the mail pouch with like letters in it that that's that's required uh it's also be, one of their weapons yeah they're swinging bags over their head like it's a fucking flail listen i don't know if you looked up who the other co-writer of this movie is michael davis Oh, that person I did. I we keep circling around the person that I I do want to talk about, but um, yeah, yes, but but, but did, Michael Davis Michael wrote Davis. and directed a movie we love, a little film called Shoot 'Em Up. Oh, what a gem! What a gem! A, gem. a movie that is basically an extended ninety-minute gunfight. Yes, uh, <laughs> all the way through. A movie we love that ha- that is just like all semblance of it's. In some, we need to do a commentary for that because that might be the ultimate action shelf movie and that it's just like, you know what, throw everything else out the window. This movie is nothing there's, but gunfights. There's nothing but, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about Paul Dini, Lisman? Is that who you want to talk yes, about? Yes, Paul Dini. I, th- one that of, struck me as weird. Paul uh, Dini, one of easily like a top five Batman writer. Um, yeah. Co-showrunner of Batman the Animated Series, has written a lot of comics. Uh, of the characters well is sort of like one of the main co-creator of harley quinn uh mm-hmm. also wrote for things like um star wars the clone wars wrote for lost uh really good wrote uh maleficent for disney now he has a story by credit which implies yes. he wrote something early and mm-hmm. isn't so i i i i i was like who okay just story by my man paul dini uh, mm-hmm. And I guess at this time, it would kind of make sense that you would bring in, oh, we're going to do Double Dragon, let's get somebody from Batman the Animated Series, which was also huge at this point, is a, yes. is actually a good instinct. They obviously didn't use a lot of whatever he wrote, since he only has a story by credit. Is this I mean, movie in line with the the Batman Forever and Batman and Robin? Batman Forever is would it... be the next year. 95. Okay, okay. Because so, this feels very similar to those as well. Yeah. The gangs feel like they could fit in that Gotham very mm-hmm. The Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Well, it is sort of, I, I think what we're responding to in all the Super Mario Brothers, the Schumacher Batmans, is this like, if it's a comic book or a video game, it needs to be nuts. You know, it needs to be yes. absolutely wild. Yes. Well, they all have this very like 
everything's very dingy but neon at the same time yeah. kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's the thing you were talking about. Like, I was thinking about, like, and we were talking about this last week with 12 rounds of sort of, like, being pieces of other better movies. And I am going, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it kind of wants to be Mad Max or Escape from New York, but, ooh, not as dark as those things. Like, it's mm-hmm. like a post-apocalyptic dystopian but not not really. It's a kid. It's still PG thirteen in yeah, a comedy. It's still for kids. It's because it's, there, there's a lot. Of, I have a lot of questions about this world where I'm going like, Ooh. okay, it seems like society is still kind of functioning, Fully even functioning though it's still, also yes. it's weird because the, we should say this movie takes place in New Angeles of 2007. <laughs> yes, right. Um, love that title which i thought was a pretty accurate pretty uh, pretty close yeah yeah of 2007 following the big quake which is very much the plot of uh escape from la of course is literally an earthquake has separated los angeles from the rest of the country and made it an island you think that geostorm is the prequel to this movie (laughs) geostorm um and actually escape from la comes out after this movie Oh, uh, weird. It's 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 around it's another thing where I want to say that's like 96. Yeah, 96. Just goes to show John Carpenter's a hack. <laughs> well, we one thing we do know about John Carpenter, huge gamer. Le- legitimately. True. That seems like a joke where I'm going like, "Haha." No, really, he has talked about legitimately he goes, people go, "You ever going to direct another movie?" He goes, "Why would I? There's too many video games to play." Which I'm like, <laughs> "God, God bless you, John Carpenter, for just being an ultimate nerd. Like, I'm too busy playing (laughs) video games to make more movies. It's like, oh, oh, man, you walk the walk as a nerd filmmaker, man. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, if you played the Fallout games, that takes a lot of my time. Um, I will say, this movie also is reminiscent of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Ah, did you happen to see the connection? It did, yes. Michael Davis was one of the writers for uh, The Secret of the Ooze, yes. I think. That's yes. the second Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah. Um, and that, that. Boy, these feel very similar. Well, that's the thing where I do feel like that's really what they're trying to capture. Because those movies were yeah. huge hits. Huge. Yeah. Massive hits. We were, I mean, we all grew up in the turtle obsessed generation, obviously. I mean, I was, oh, yeah. I yeah. lived in, I could still to this day, I rewatched. Uh, those recently and they're not the first one I really love I do really love the original Ninja Turtles movie mm-hmm. the second you go to the ooze but it was one of those things where it's like I hadn't seen it in 15 years and I somehow knew every line when I watched it again I just yeah, realized yes. how many times I've seen Secret of the Ooze and this do- the other thing that this it's sort of this movie is, is a hodgepodge of all this 90s stuff the other thing mm-hmm. I kept thinking particularly with the 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 characterization of the Lee brothers, I couldn't not think about Bill and Ted. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. Um, which was also a, a, a massive movie, comic book, cartoon show. Once again, that was a multimedia thing too. And I'm sure there were Bill mm-hmm. and Ted video games. There had. I think so. If there, there if there is, I haven't played them, but I. But now those, I'm curious. the difference there is those are out and out comedy. You know, yes. this movie. Yes. I, I mean, tone is a big question here, right? Mm, mm, yes, exactly. <laughs> How serious am I meant to take anything that happens in this movie? Because I'll tell you one not, guy. Not at all. Well, I'll tell you not one guy all. who's is, not taking my anything seriously is Robert Patrick. He, yeah, 
is in no way trying to play a real person or legit threat. Oh, no, not as, at all. Uh, as Kogashuko. Kogashuko, who is not... So this is an original character. Uh, I don't believe this character okay. shows up in the video okay. games. I don't... Yeah, this, um, this was the thing I... Once again, not being familiar, I kind of didn't look it up. I just kept going, I wonder if that's a thing from the game. Like it, a lot of You'd the, think it would be because yeah. it's such a Japanese-sounding name. Kogashuko. But like... No, oh, the original villain was named Willy. Oh, well, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. What the? Well, and I, there's a whole thing about I'm going like, oh, it's weird that Robert Patrick's playing a guy named Kogashuko, and then the movie actually acknowledges that. Right, right. Because he, it's like a title that he gained or something from the it previous. Was the name of some other warlord that he adopted because yeah. he's an edgelord and thought it sounded cool. Yeah. <laughs> I I gotta say, Robert Patrick is... I mean, once again, I do feel like he. we talked about him just last month in The Marine. He's a mm. really good actor. Um, yes. But holy crap, uh, he needs to fire his agent because, uh, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. God, the stuff... That he, I mean, actually, more now he's doing better stuff because we talked about how great he is in Peacemaker, and now he's on uh, 1923, the Yellowstone prequel series with Harrison Ford. Oh, cool! And he's really good on that, and he just did the voice of Wolverine in one of the really good. Um, Mar- if anyone's not listening to the Marvel audio drama podcast they've been making, they're fantastic. I really <laughs> highly recommend them. But he just did the voice of Wolverine in one of those. So cool, awesome. Um, so he he's doing stuff, but man, I was looking at like, because this is three years after T2. So he's in like one of the greatest action movies ever made three years before this, right? As yes. one of, I got, I mean, d- definitely you would put him, wouldn't you, Lisbon, amongst the most iconic villains in film history as the T-1000. Definitely. I mean, yes. great yeah. bad guy. Mm-hmm. But then I'm looking at, it's all like action shelf bullshit around the time of this movie i don't know what happened just got caught up in it you know Mm -hmm. uh it's it's a trap it's i was going like lures you in with easy money yeah because i was watching this going like i wonder what he was doing around this time and i'm looking it's Mm -hmm. like things like zero tolerance body language last gasp decoy and it's like oh these are all Mm -hmm. movies we would do on here and probably will yeah Yeah, um, maybe uh, maybe he pulled a Nicolas Cage and bought an island and some exotic animals he couldn't afford he just, and he had just... to just slum it for a bit he to pay some bills. quickly blew through that Terminator money. Uh... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, before, of course, he ends up on the X-Files uh, by the end of the, the 90s mm-hmm. uh, as mm-hmm. Doggett. Um, and that and maybe that paid for some stuff because uh, that oh, was a good gig for him. Uh, but so, yeah, it's, it's, it's just interesting because I'm watching this going like, Oh, man. But he is so... I think even more than the Marine, he's like, well, this is dumb. (laughs) I'm going to be dumb in this. His performance is not bad, but it is like... oh, you In every scene, I'm going, oh, he is not taking any of this seriously, is he? No, no. And let me ask this, actually, then. Is anyone taking this movie seriously? Because... I I don't think so. The one person who... He doesn't come out unscathed, but I think comes out looking the best is Mark Dacascos. Mm, because uh, he actually does he, do martial arts. That's yeah. 
pretty okay. Yeah. Jimmy Lee uh, playing Jimmy Lee. We haven't talked about Mark Dacascos on the show, but he is an icon of straight to video martial arts movies. But of course, best known to people as the Iron Chef host. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he does a great job in that. I, I love him so much. And I actually think he's he's not good in this because the script is terrible. But he's way more charismatic than Scott Wolf, who is mm, yes awful in this movie. And also Scott Wolf, well, one obviously not a martial artist, uh, so what? all of his fight scenes end up as cartoon sort of gags more think, than anything else. I think my favorite beat is. You see um, Mark Dacascos, like, spin kick a couple guys. And then literally mm-hmm. I watched you cut to Scott Wolf scrambling under a car to get away from a guy. I'm going like, yep. oh, wow. And, and yeah, you will see a scene that's like Mark Dacascos takes out seven guys and Scott Wolf punches one guy. He punches one guy or he breaks a gumball machine <laughs> or he... But- my fa- I don't know. My Does favorite, some Three Stooges bullshit. My favorite note I wrote down is, DeCoscos uses bow staff. Wolf gumballs. Because <laughs> DeCoscos is pretty... That that fight... And, and we also have one of our favorites, Al Leong, as mm-hmm. one of the henchmen here. That bow henchmen, staff yeah. fight between them was pretty good. It was, yeah. I mean, especially yeah. by Double Dragon standards. But yes... Then you're cross cutting with another guy slipping on gumballs, <laughs> and technically, uh, Billy Lee is the protagonist. Yeah, because uh, he's the protagonist of the the, the video games. Right. If you're doing co op, then somebody can be Jimmy. But right, it's interesting. They went with why? Why is Scott Wolf the main character of <laughs> well, this movie? Scott Wolf was on a very successful TV show at the time called Party of Five. If anyone sure. remembers, and I think there was an attempt to turn him into a movie star. Mm, how uh, did that go, John? It didn't go great. And Scott, mm. I, I I gotta say, I actually like Scott Wolf just fine. Like he's not a bad actor. It's just he should not be in this kind. He is like a drama guy. Like Party mm. Five was a show about adult orphans, you know, like having to raise their younger siblings. It's not. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why anybody thought like yes. Uh, action hero guy yeah and he gets all the worst lines in this thing it's true that is very true horrible i mean like all Mm -hmm. the one-liners i wrote down are his and they're terrible some of the dialogue in this movie was impossible to follow like the sentence (laughs) structure was so strange that it felt like it was sent through Google Translate to something and then back into English. And then that's what they're working I mean, off I of. think almost across the board when you're talking about this movie, though, the 1994, the Scott Wolf of it all. And then if that wasn't enough, Alyssa Milano as our leading lady right. is very like, boy, only in 94 am I watching a Scott Wolf, Alyssa Milano movie. And let's no. let's get in. Oh, go ahead, Alex. Sorry. Just. Uh, speaking of the kind of nonsensical dialogue, um, I take the advice to put subtitles on. Oh, yes. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I knew to. I was in for a good one very early on when probably just because I was watching on Amazon, maybe the other services have different subtitles, mm-hmm. but it just said whacking when there was some violence and they were like beating <laughs> some guy with the bow staff. Yeah. Um. 
So that was that was great. It, oh, it, I love when they that the whacking scene. I, I great, <laughs> so this, good. I this love movie the has some of scene. cinema's finest whacking. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I, I, uh, this movie also the, uh, the aside from just the silliness of seeing whacking pop up as a mm-hmm. sound. There's a lot of goofy sound effects in this movie. Yes. Which, yeah, yes, which is very Ninja Turtles. Once again, I do see the Ninja Turtles, and you see a bunch of influences. The other thing, listen, we did recently do the RoboCop commentary. All the news shit in this movie is so RoboCop, but unfocused, yes. not funny like the RoboCop stuff is. The RoboCop yes. fake TV stuff is legitimately funny. Here, yes. yeah, it's weird, and I don't understand the idea of there being like celebrity news anchors. I don't even know There's what that's There's a lot of weird on. celebrity polls in this movie. Andy Dick. <laughs> Another indication it's 1994 is Andy Dick is in a movie. And that is definitely the clearest indication that this movie takes place in a post-apocalyptic world. Well, you Andy know what? Andy Dick is on television. I, See, I, that's kind of... Oh, I kind ahead. of took it as some interesting world building where, like, everything's gone to shit so bad that Andy Dick now has to be a newscaster and... <laughs> And it's George Hamilton and Vanna White are the anchors. Like, this right? Is, this this is... also brings up an interesting question. Now, obviously, the earthquake happened and destroyed Los Angeles, and yeah. now it is New Angeles. Is the whole world destroyed, or is it just? I think it's New just... Angeles that's post-apocalyptic. I think it's. I think it. I think it's just New Angeles, but the movie doesn't really care. And there's also this running thing that because of the damage to the world uh, or to new angeles every building is jacked up like everything is above the ground now that doesn't that won't protect them from earth it's still it's still connected to the ground well it would have to uh, that doesn't if they're not they're not floating i mean but yeah this whole idea about like and you literally see guys there's that there's the one fight scene early on where you have a little person jacking up the, you know, uh, the arena was or whatever that they're in. That what was happening? Because yeah, an earth like an aftershock was happening during a fight scene mm-hmm. in what looked like a high school basketball gymnasium. Yeah. Um, uh, a seven point eight million dollars only gets you so far, Lesman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so he's like, yeah, he's like raising the roof of the. I I wasn't really sure the mechanics of of that and why that was happening. Well, the only but... reason that I I didn't know what he was doing either, but then it cuts to a TV commercial for going like, "Yeah, come on down to the Jack warehouse to get all your jacking neat." I mean, my god, the whacking, the jacking in this movie. Come mm, on. Mm, yeah. I got kids here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Lumbo's too young for this kind of language. <laughs> I day I had to hide my cat cuz it was just like, I don't think so, man. This movie's nothing but whacking and jacking. Um, yeah, it. Oh God, it, uh, yeah, all that. So, so, so that's US the federal government abandoned Los Angeles. Is that what? Yeah, we're I, think, I, think, yes. I think. I think. I think. Character comments on that. Even they say that the government just has abandoned us. Yeah, it's and I too, think it's too expensive of an investment. And to but yet there seems to be a fully financed police force. <laughs> That has, like, resources and a lot of officers. That was the thing that I did. When this movie ended with, like, everyone getting arrested by a bunch of cops showing up, I'm going, well, that's not how I thought this was going to... Like, Escape from New York doesn't end with the cops showing up. That's not a thing. Right. The whole idea is you're on your own, basically, in movies like this. 
Because that are their paychecks? Where, where are these police officers' paychecks coming from? Well, I do. Is love... there a taxation system now? I don't know. Well, then there's a whole thing about like New Angeles is this crime-infested hellhole, and then the whole thing sure. about Alyssa Milano lives in the suburbs, though, where everything seems idyllic and unaffected. <sighs> she's leaving. A, she's leading a double life as a suburban yeah. teenage girl slash resistance leader. Uh, not just resistance. She's a full. She's the ringleader of a terrorist organization called Power Power Corps. Which mm, yes, every time almost everything anyone says that's like a name or title in this movie is so silly to me. Every time mm, they're talking and, about, I love when her father, who's the chief of police, is watching TV and he goes, "Ah, that damn Power Corps." <laughs> this. Okay, Alyssa Milano's character is maybe the most baffling. Yes. Um, oh, because one, she is a teenage daughter. I don't know if there's like school or anything. It doesn't Unclear that there is. Um, and she's got an annoying. She's also, it's the '90s, so uh, she's got an annoying little brother that just he doesn't play true. into the plot at all. I just want to acknowledge him. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, like the whole subplot of her being a, a suburban teenage daughter. One being problematic is like, oh, well, she's from the suburbs, so she's going to use her privilege to come in and fix the uh, inner city. That's uh, pretty thinly veiled. But, well, and, and, um, and actually, there could be a commentary there in a better movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I would never expect it, but sort of this thing where it's like, I have this privilege. I, I, if the movie was about her, you could make it a thing where it's like, I can't just sure. sit by in my privilege and let people suffer. The The movie doesn't mm-hmm. actually want to have anything to actually say about any of this stuff. Right. But um, like that, but that there's also, something there. Also- Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, yes. I was just going to say, there's potentially an interesting dichotomy to explore there that the movie does mm-hmm. not, of course. But instead, they decide to make her the head of an organization that hangs out in a Willy Wonka nightmare factory <laughs> uh, that enlists the uh, help of children. There's a whole army of children yeah. that she controls who rollerblade around. Oh, God. I mean, um, once again, it's such a 90s idea of like, they're kid terrorists on rollerblades, but they hang out in a clubhouse. And you're like, what? This all adds but up to this whole... The pool rock. of acid? Yeah, it, I don't know. A- well, I think that's just the, the, the waste from the city because it's this, like, post, post-disaster corporate right. health. And yeah. I think they mentioned that all the children are orphans from the earthquake. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which is also very like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, where you mm-hmm. have the all the the abandoned kids. But the, once mm. again, it's 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 this movie. I'm going like, are you trying to like good movies like this have something to say about society and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. It's all sort of analogies and things. Mad Max, Escape from New York. These are very these are made by smart people who have pointed mm-hmm. satire to make. Here, this movie right. is, you're like, I don't know what this, or RoboCop, of course, being the, the ultimate example of that, you know. But you're going yeah. like, I don't know, is what is this movie saying about anything? Because uh, then, because you have, then you have Kogashuka, who's in like uh, a, a, a fancy tower that's like, that is, does seem to be floating above the city. Because they look, they have the glass floor where they're looking down on the wrecked mm-hmm. ground of New Angeles, right? Right, exactly. Yes, but, yes. So he's he's a CEO of a large corporation. Is that what we're like? I to think so. And I know this only because 
uh, not only do we see like the this lab, but when they're in Alyssa Milano suburban home, they're eating Shuko Crispy cereal. Mm. So this is very similar to the Hulk Hogan Santa with muscles movie we watched, where <laughs> so he's like uh, so he's. He's like the Kellogg's guy. I guess. Did you catch this? This really made me laugh. So they made this cereal box that they redesigned as Koga Sh- or Shuko Krispies, right? They replaced the mm-hmm. word rice in Rice Krispies with Shuko. And then mm-hmm. they drew sunglasses on Snap, Crackle, Pop. Because the whole thing throughout the whole movie is Robert Patrick's always wearing sunglasses. But the mm-hmm. box was open, so you see the top flap, and it still says Kellogg's Rice Krispies. <laughs> it's like, did this movie come out in theaters? It sure did. How? How <laughs> does this? How does that happen? Well, here, I don't understand. Here's, okay, this is a game we play sometimes, Lisman. Other mm. movies that came out in theaters in 19... Let's look at mm. other action movies 94, of 1994. Okay. Ooh, we've got some good ones here. Well, number one, got Street Fighter ones. comes out the same year. Okay. okay, that feels very similar. Yeah, it feels very similar. Also, Van Damme in Time Cop comes out that year, too. It's a big year for Van Damme. Big yeah. year for Van Damme. Uh, we've got Harrison Ford in Clear and Present Danger, his second Jack Ryan okay. movie. Uh, Mel mm-hmm. Gibson's in Maverick. Uh, you've okay. got Star Trek Generations. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, you've got previous episode Death Wish Five: The Face of Death, um, mm. Stargate, mm. Uh, okay. The Crow, uh, and the uh, uh, Leon the Professional, a favorite oh, of yeah. ours. And I think the 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 big movie of that year, a little film called Speed. Mm. Little uh. Mm little action masterpiece called speed yeah um so i haven't heard of it it must be very very uh so you're saying this movie was like what top three then (laughs) yeah Yeah, i think top three it's like speed time cop double dragon no uh yeah no it's it's always interesting to see like yeah those were the other movies that were and there's a bunch of other ones too but like those are kind of the big movies that the mask also comes out this year in terms of i actually think that's (laughs) That was chasing this audience. That would have been what I was mm-hmm. obsessed with at this time. Mm-hmm. Would have been I love the mask. But that's a these are so strange. That's They're a so strange. that's a comic book adaptation aimed kind of at a younger audience as a video game movie. Right. I think that's that but the mask also is, not really being appropriate for children, as I recall. Uh no, it is one of those things that's like, oh, it's ostensibly for kids, but it's definitely not. Uh, like I still love the mask. Uh, it's great. Um, but uh, I haven't seen it in a while. It's it's fun. Um, but this yeah, this movie's just yeah. so that's that's what this movie's up against at the box office. Yes. Um, yes. So let's talk about what the titular double dragon is. The whole movie is this MacGuffin hunt for mm-hmm. this medallion that's been split into two. It's sure. the titular double dragon. And the idea mm-hmm. is one half control gives you power over body, and the other half gives you power over soul. Okay, that wasn't super clear. From, yeah, from and the movie, at the beginning like. of the movie, Shuko gets his hands on the soul half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so he's a soul man for the rest of the movie. <laughs> man, huge missed opportunity not to play that song. <laughs> I'm a soul man. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> just Robert Patrick just dancing to it. He's already got the sunglasses to do the Blues Brothers, you know. Let's exactly, yeah. Uh, but uh, so that th- th- his soul power means he can turn into like a flat cardboard cutout shadow creature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is and this the worst CGI effect you've seen pretty, in any movie? It's pretty. No. Bad. No. <laughs> no. Alex, what what is? Because one in this own movie, there's all of the CGI like car stuff. Yo, all that stuff which is, is garbage. Just like wireframes and polygon. Oh, yeah. That's and true. also, the three of us watched a movie called Bermuda Tentacle. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did do that. That's true, and we that was that. horrible. The CGI was horrible. Boy. But yes, you do have a lot of that kind of computer animation that you're talking about, Alex, which yeah. I remember it was in a lot of movies and TV at this time. And that car chase that you mentioned, Alex, is... The, the entire car chase is shown in this crappy like early 90s cg like they they obviously don't have the budget to shoot a real car chase no right? they're doing and they think this will be exciting we'll I just mean, allude to a car chase really it's it it, it, it almost like it conceptually it almost works right because you have the, the shots of them in the vehicle you have the shots mm-hmm. of the 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 characters in the vehicle mm-hmm and then you have this like digital like they almost get away with it but no it's it the cgi is so bad it's really yeah. bad and it's all so bad. all the cars are like shitty mad max-esque cars yes right? yes and th- there's a running thing and... about their car is powered by garbage mm-hmm. yes that's what i was wondering is this that's just the technology of the times or is there something about or has uh fossil fuels n- is that no longer a viable resource in the apocalyptic 2000s but it does seem like actually then this is a better future right if we can just throw garbage into the machine and it powers our cars why are all the streets filled with garbage that's yeah, car fuel i know it does seem like everybody would sweep that stuff up also it's an idea yeah. they stole from back to the future part two that's true <laughs> If anyone remembers the fusion device Doc has on the DeLorean in that movie, mm-hmm. it is he pours garbage from the street into it mm-hmm. and it powers the car. But only he has mm-hmm. that in that movie. So it's not like everybody's well, doing that. I also don't see that device in any other car in this movie, too. It did that's true. And I do love the point when it's like, we gotta pick up some speed. So he throws a can of cheese whiz in, which is the equivalent mm-hmm. of hitting the Nas in this movie, apparently. Yes, yes. And also, uh, very 90s reference to Cheese Whiz. We were obsessed with canned mm. cheese. It's it's a shame we found out all those dark secrets about Cheese Whiz. <laughs> well, um, even this movie is like a... That's like a half commentary when Scott Wolf's looking at the ingredients going like, Oh, yeah! This'll get it fired up! <laughs> wow, it feels like Scott Wolf was here in the studio. And talk about a guy not taking this seriously. Did you see that? I don't know if you guys looked at the trivia for this, but Scott Wolf refused to dye his hair blonde because he should have blonde hair from the game, right? Mm-hmm. And he was just like, nah, yes. nah, I won't do it. Absolutely not for this piece of shit. I can't blame him for that. I can't, I can't blame him too much. But one of the things I love is they talk about 
Oh, where is this here? That Scott Wolf. Okay, here it is. Scott Wolf is considered by Double Dragon fans and creators alike to be miscast as Billy Lee for being nothing like his character from the game, lacking all traits such as being Asian. Uh huh. Yeah, such as being Asian. They are brothers. Yeah, brothers. Such as being Asian, muscular, athletic, or having any skills or training in martial arts. What I love is. There's only like two or three moments where there seems like there's a DeCosco stunt double. Meanwhile, mm. it's like 90% stunt double for Scott Wolf. And it's doing very unimpressive things. Uh, yeah. As is. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, Why are they brothers? Are they adopted brothers? I don't. In this movie? Does the movie ever I think say? It explained it. Yeah. I don't think it does. It just asks us to go like, yeah. And they're. We don't quite know what their background is because at the beginning of the movie, they're being raised slash mentored by this woman, Satori. Mm -hmm. Who honestly didn't look that much older no, than them. This I really they had some one of their partners. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was one of their partners originally. I thought yeah, the yeah, same thing. Julia Nixon, when I'm like, I'm going like, what? wait a minute. Is she like with Tacoscos or something? Because uh, I do think it's mm, yeah, weird that they're thinking. both into Alyssa Milano. Yeah. And you're like, wait, that's weird. I thought they would each have a love interest maybe or something. It's weird. Like, well, when it is canon, John. It is canon. Th this this is true. But, like, you do get weird moments when they're both, like, checking at her ass. And then look at each other like, am I right? And I'm like, is this going to turn into, like, a thruple situation? Oh, I hope so. I hope um, so. Uh, yeah. Julia Nixon, though, I just want to bring up the woman who plays Satori. Mm -hmm. I immediately recognize because she's the female lead in Rambo First Blood Part 2. Mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha. So her previous screen love interest was Sylvester Stallone. So, yeah, yeah. What, what do you think? Lateral move? <laughs> to, to, to no love interest, basically? Because it's so oh, weird, yeah, the guess... movie... That, like she's slightly older than them, but by the movie standards, she is not sexually viable. Then, why would yes. you be attracted to this woman? She's in her thirties. Yeah, and these teenagers are in their thirties as well. I'm well, guessing. that's another thing. I do when they t when they bring up their profiles on the screen and they're like Billy Lee, seventeen. I'm like, oh, Scott Wolf is twenty five at least. <laughs> Scott Wolf yeah. is. Yeah, actually, he's 25 in this movie, is, is exactly right, actually. No, he's, sorry, he's 26 mm. in this movie, actually. Okay. So, yeah. but that And it and looks it. I mean, they look young, but they look like guys in their 20s, not guys in their teens yeah. at all. Yeah. And yeah. DeCoscos is 30. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That adds up. They look yeah. like guys in their late 20s, early 30s. DeCosco's yeah. is now, like is... only a couple years younger than the woman playing their mother figure. <laughs> I mean, at least she wasn't actually their mother. Right. She's there. But but the movie plays her in this very maternal way that in no way mm. asks you to be like, oh no, this woman, like I said, there's there's no sexual attraction to her at all. Right. Even though she's a very attractive actress. <laughs> yeah. But they're like, yeah. And also she will unceremoniously die for no reason. When she when she blows up, I was like, "Why did that need to happen?" Other than like, obviously, the movie has to be about these two guys, but 
She just kind of they have to be no... orphans, John. They yeah. have to be orphans. They have to be orphans so that um, it can be can't, it can be true to the source material. But I want to right? talk about and thank God IMDb has just a full like promotional costume test photo of what Alyssa Milano looks like in this movie because across oh the board she looks nuts. Yeah. Number one, never have seen her as a blonde before. Uh, and right. it's not a good look on her. And then it's a severe oh. short haircut, very 90s, mm. cool girl kind of look. She's got mm. this sort of tank top t-shirt thing. And then it took me a second to figure out what I was looking at here. Uh, she's got their, their jean shorts, but they're also huh. connected to jean legs, but they've cut out the in-between of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. What is seems, this outfit? I have no idea. It's not the most <laughs> baffling outfit in this. No, no, Boy, no. I'm... The des- all the designs in this movie are nuts. <laughs> but yeah, just guys, do yourself a favor and go look it up. It's I don't know what it is. It's very. No it's a very '90s idea of like a futuristic cool outfit. Mm-hmm. It's yes, very. I mean, the whole movie. It, 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 it this movie does encapsulate 1994 in a certain way. It does, yeah. If somebody wanted a pure uh, uh, encapsulation of what media in the 90s looked like, this is probably not your not the worst thing. Which, and that with. that obviously then makes sense why it takes place in the mid 2000s. Then, yeah. I like that their jump in time wasn't that much. It was uh, a little over a decade. And they're right. like, things are going to be well. I think if different. I if I remember correctly, Escape from New York takes place in 1997. <laughs> okay, so less time. Yeah, it is sort of like yeah. I mean, like it, it, they they that was sort of a thing where all of these movies are like, or I think, and then you got things like Mad Max, which I always think is the best thing is just to be like the near future. Because yeah, just be it's post apocalyptic. They don't. They're not keeping track of time in the same way. Yeah, I always just uh, yeah. It's just like and same thing with RoboCop. They never say what year it is. Mm. They, we just know it's vaguely the future, but not too far. Right. You know. Uh, yes. And I think that's yeah, your that's best bet is to be vague about it. Uh, I know yeah. that was actually a thing that Zemeckis was hesitant to put a year on Back to the Future Part Two because he's like, whatever it is, it's gonna look silly. And I remember yeah. when you get to that, uh, I went to a revival screening of that movie on the date that movie takes place in, which was oh, like very nice. November or October of 2015. And they actually mm-hmm. they put Back to the Future Part Two back in theaters, which was fun. <laughs> that um, was great. Yeah, I'm gonna stop talking about Back to the Future because it makes me sad that I am not mm. watching that trilogy, which I think is perfect, and this, which is mm. terrible. Um. So I think yeah. you mean high art. Sorry, John. You misspoke. You you meant to say high art. So right what off the bat, it? let's. Yeah. Sorry. You're right. Uh. Right off the bat, mm. I want to talk about the at least right off the bat of the movie. Um. Let's talk about how the movie introduces the Lee brothers. They're in some sort of tag team fighting competition. Hmm. In a in a basketball court, mm. a high school basketball gymnasium. Yes. And um, obviously, Jimmy is a much better fighter than Billy. And Billy mm. will actively get them disqualified because he's an asshole. Yes. Yeah. Not redeeming at all. Yeah. No, I just love the movie star. But that's the thing that's crazy is you're like, okay, got it. Billy's kind of a hothead douchebag at the start. So by the end of the movie, he'll. No, I still hate him at the end of the movie. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's still unlikable. The whole way through, yeah. <laughs> like, and, yeah. What's the? Why would you introduce a character this unlikable that isn't on a redemption arc? It's just he's just a piece of shit from start to finish. Who's <laughs> supposed to be your main protagonist? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the hero of the movie. I also uh, several times in the movie I went okay. At, at so many turns, danger is presented to both Lee brothers, and they just run away from it. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a lot of Very them thrilling. running away from villains in this movie. And you're like, yes. how exciting for an action movie where our heroes are supposed to be expert martial arts, art, martial mm-hmm. artists. You know, And I do love when you see in there and you're like, oh, God. This is one of those examples where Scott Wolf doesn't do anything I couldn't do. Yes, exactly. And then DeCoscos gets a couple opportunities to do. He does do one of my favorite things, and Cynthia Rothrock does a lot, the behind-the-back kick. Mm-hmm, yeah. The over-the-shoulder kick is so awesome. Yeah. Man, I we uh, need to do... Be, after this, I really want to do a, a proper Mark DeCoscos martial arts movie on the show. Should definitely, yeah. I, I would love to see that. that guy... Let me, let, me, let me throw this out there. Marsh DeCoscos. Ooh, March to Costco's. I think that yeah. might be na- that might be happening next year. Now I like I that so. idea. I think so. Thank yeah, you, Alex, March to Costco's. Because um, we did we did do a commentary for a, he's the main villain in John Wick Chapter Three, and he's fucking right. great in that movie. He's re- and I do think here this is early in his career, and even as shitty as this part is, I do still he's so like I said he's so much more likable. The character's more likable, mm-hmm. and actually. I thought he was really good when he was pretending to be Robert Patrick in Jimmy's body. I actually thought Agreed. He, he did a good job of being a totally different character. Yes, like full-on comic book villain. Yeah. Uh, like like the theatricality he had down really well. Well, because, uh, yeah, they're like, they're like this guy. I, I get why this guy had a future career as an action hero. I, even as bad as this, I'm going like, oh, I see. I, I would want to watch more movies where he fights people and he doesn't have to drag an annoying white guy around with him. <laughs> but, I, I mean, it, it but, does. But it's the 90s, John. It's the There's 90s, so, so it has to be. Well, yeah, one of them can be Asian. Yeah. <laughs> We can't do both. But as we talked about... It's got to be someone the audience can relate to, John. Uh, yeah, which is awful and racist. A white but man. Even with that mentality, I don't know. We've seen plenty of white guys who know martial arts in these movies. True. Yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. on, man. Get, get, get li- almost anyone. Really, almost get anyone other than Scott else. Wolf in this. Yeah. Um, this is just... Ugh. Scott Wolf is better than, let's say, Seagal. But that's oh, yeah, all well, I know. As I said, I don't think Scott Wolf's a bad actor. It's just... He doesn't fit the part at all. Um, all right, I think it's time we got to have the Abobo conversation. Let's get into it. We got to okay. talk about the Abobo in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, a boy, boy. It is a Bobo, right? Okay, it, it is, is a Bobo. It okay. is a Bobo. His full name, by the way, Bo Abobo. Bo Bobo. Bo Bobo. Bo Bo Bo, yeah, Bo Bo Bo, uh, uh, who we who we initially meet as part of the Mohawk gang. Yes, but there's only two people in this gang, as far as I know. Yeah, (laughs) I think I think maybe there's some other guys with Mohawks in large scenes, but you're right that only two members talk. There is Bo Mm -hmm. Bo Bo, and then a character who is only referred to as Smart Ass Mohawk, who is. I think that's. 
canon Man, name. I believe that's actually his There's name a lot in, of competition in, in this movie, but this guy might win most annoying character. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but like I said, that was clearly his one direction. Uh be more annoying. Please. There's a lot of annoying characters in this movie. So it really it it's kind of tough. But yeah, yeah true. it is Ugh, yep. this is terrible. terrible. So Bobo is part of a Bobo. gang, but he also works for this large corporation. Yes. Yeah. He works for essentially Kellogg's. I, I um, once again I hate to say it, but he is supposed to be your Clarence Bodiger from Robocop, right? The guy who's a gang member who is working as henchmen for the corporate people. Right. Yes. And he will soon become science experiment of Mm -hmm. uh shuko there's Uh, there's a a decent amount of prosthetics because there's there's this whole lab of like people being experimented on yeah Um, and he might be the worst for the fact that he is the most heavily featured out of all of them Mm -hmm. it's strange that he's the the worst prosthetics are used on him he literally looks the I think set- they mentioned the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yes, we've all seen Ghostbusters. The second uh, but- they revealed him, I went, oh, no. And boy, they linger on this guy. He's He becomes a regular character by the end of this movie. He does. He's, he's like a, a lead cast member. Um, His hero turn is so insane. I think it's the spinach. <laughs> No, well, they, I mean, it, that probably helps, but they play this sad scene when he looks at himself in the mirror and he's just like, I am oh. a monster. Oh my God, John. is that monster I see staring, staring straight? Okay, wait, yeah. you gotta stop before the Disney uh-oh, lawyers. Uh-oh, uh, uh-oh. I, there's a Disney lawyer uh-oh. literally at my door right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> here it they sent come. Adobo after, or a Bobo after a bobo. me. Oh no. Yeah. Bobo. Bobo, Bobo. Now, Bo Bobo is actually played by two different people in this movie because there's that a guy who plays the Mohawk Bo Bobo and there's a different guy in the costume. Mm. So, mm. Uh, and like you could tell. Uh, who could, <laughs> it both doesn't matter and you can't tell. Like, it, 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 it's, I, yeah. who, yeah. And it also, but it just speaks to just like, it, this is not a character. Now, now does he, he is, from what I gather. better at fighting? After the experiment, is that what we're led to believe? I don't think he does, though. <laughs> I think I mean, he like gets slower. He gets slower, and he is bested in this fight by being knocked into a big net. Yes. <laughs> so that Billy can, of course, say nothing but net. Ooh, yeah, love so many good one-liners in this movie. So I, I, I'll, I'll agree with so many one-liners in this movie. <laughs> I'd like to redact one word from that. Sentence, <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, so yeah, he gets turned into. There's some line about. Uh, uh, I, I think I wrote down what they say uh, uh, about the experimental uh, steroids they put. Oh, molecular steroids is what they put in him. Mm-hmm. It's it's Shuko's molecular steroids that they pump him full of. And yeah, it turns him into this big, bloated mutant guy. Yeah, he kind of looks like 
uh, a turd that's been sitting on a sidewalk for a couple of days, you know, in the summer. Now, looking at the the looking at the game, uh, like a little bit of the games, the mm. uh, there are several abobos that are like the okay. bosses of each level, at least in the first game. Oh, okay. I think is the thing. Um, and, okay. and and this is one of those when he showed up, I'm like, well, this has got to be from the. This is too weird not to be from the video game you know what i mean like uh yeah i know yeah. the characters in the video i don't know if he looks like this though. they they well, really overdo a lot of it <laughs> yeah okay so if you look at him in the game that i'm looking right now he almost looks more like the thing from the fantastic four yeah, like he's he like does, a very yeah. large swole guy yeah, and, and some of... representations he has a very large head. Yeah, but none of them he has where he has those. Uh, I think those are his, his traps. <laughs> the, the giant like bullfrog thing going oh, around his no. neck. Yeah, and like, that, that, that and is that a is, weird. That is immediately what you notice, of course. Uh, it's the first mm -hmm. thing you're like, what? Yeah, it's it's really weird because, yeah, the the game design is so much simpler. He is just. A big built dude who has kind of an orange pallor. Mm -hmm. And he does have a um, mohawk in some of the games, at least. A mustache? Yeah, the it's interesting. The mustache seems to be the key design feature, and he doesn't have that in the movie, which is weird. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, uh, like that would be something I would think you would seize upon. <laughs> I just oh, yeah, I want to know who thought this design... Who thought this design was what it was? Yeah, you know, somebody like, has to. Like, we got it. I mean, this is a, it's a lower budget movie, but it is still made by a studio to be come out in theaters, which means right. a lot of people have to sign off on the design of everything. And yes. everybody went, yes. yeah, that's what we want it to look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hey, no, that's great. Our vision John, is, you say, is exactly our vision. Was that? John, did you say this was post-Turtles? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I maybe... Maybe they just thought, well, we need to have the big, grotesque guy in prosthetic. Yeah, and even mm. like Turtles Two has the Super Shredder. Uh huh. Oh, that's right. Remember where you get yeah, the big, the beefed up Shredder, and Turtles Two also has Tokar and Razor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you remember, yeah, remember Tokar and Razor are hilarious because they were supposed to be Bebop and Rocksteady shredders right. henchmen from the comics and the comics creators went no we'd rather not have you taint those characters we <laughs> they refused to give them their characters because they're like we like those guys too much so you can't have bebop and rocksteady actually the turtles throw them away yeah you know splinter <laughs> i don't give a fuck april they're just like well cares? we we see what you want to do and uh We'd rather you leave the the our guys out of this. Mm, uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, those are our fucking boys. Yeah, all right? that, those are our guys. Our pig and rhino henchmen. Those are our boys, man. Uh, yeah. We make a lot of money off of their toys, my friend. Because <laughs> um, that is the thing about the as, as much as the comics and the animation, those guys became millionaires on the fucking toy license, of course. Ooh, yeah, oh, definitely. do I still have the storage bins full of them? Yeah, man. It, same here. I had everything. My parents <laughs> spent a lot of money on Ninja Turtle shit when I was a kid, man. It was oh, yeah. everything. Um, 
yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, yeah, I do. I do think that's. I do think you're you're right, Alex. There, the, the like a lot of stuff has, and also uh, the year before the Super Mario Brothers movie also has a lot of weird monster designs like this too. Remember mm -hmm. the um, uh, toads? Yeah, the, the, Goombas. the Goombas. The Goombas. Yeah, that, yeah the was. Goombas with the weird. The, they had giant bodies and tiny lizard heads. Was the thing with the, it's that like was, the opposite of actual Goombas? They yeah, had giant heads. And, right. Yeah, I don't, that was weird. <laughs> and then you also get the weird design of what uh, King Koopa turns into at the end of the movie. Which is yeah, who I can't even put a finger on exactly what that was supposed to be, but yeah. you know, yeah. Well, cause the whole thing. I just wanted a big spiky turtle shell. It's all I wanted. Yeah. Oh man, if we if we didn't Maybe already off the red hair, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, if uh, if we didn't already have things set for the commentaries, I would say we should do a Super Mario Brothers comment. Maybe we will at some point. Yeah. 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 That would be. <laughs> I think we'd have a lot to say about it at the very least. I I mean, this is not the last time we're going to be doing a video game theme. No, we'll get to it is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. But we are, yeah. of course, if you're not already one of our patrons this month, we will be doing commentaries for Street Fighter, the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, and uh, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, which, as we've said, uh. is a first viewing. Neither one of us has seen that movie. So you will be getting first-time reactions as two pretty we're both pretty big fans of the resident evil franchise the game franchise yeah um yeah, and yeah. have never I, I love the resident evil 2 remake uh that oh, was that was a really good absolutely really game. and the resident evil 4 remake is coming out soon i'm curious about it i, I to me resident evil 4 is like video game perfection and uh, so you don't need to improve uh, on perfection but yeah you know, we'll see what they you do and i always talk about resident evil 4 as a perfect mm. game uh yeah. all right <laughs> Yeah, this movie is not worth going through like scene by scene or plot point by plot point. It really is it's I was, impossible to follow. It's I was, so nothing makes any fucking sense. What I do uh, love the scene where Shuko comes to the training facility or whatever, where the double dragons are hanging out. You mean um, the the theater that they live in? Yeah, inexplicably. The theater they yeah. live in inexplicably. And what I love is he has the one half of the dragon pendant, and mm -hmm. uh uh. What's her name? Is it Satori? Yeah, Satori, yeah. Yeah, she goes, you'll never get the other half of it. And then Scott Wolf walks in wearing it going like, hey, what's going on here? Right? <laughs> and I'm just like, it's right there. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you'll never, never find, find it. it. Hey, man. Yo, bro, what's up? <laughs> is there pizza? Yeah. Did you order pizza? Oh, and we should talk about Scott Wolf. Uh, the whole movie has the plaid shirt tied around his waist which is as 1994 as a design as i can think about it hurts it hurts yeah yeah it's oh god it is just and uh mark dacascos's hair in this movie is also just that crazy 90s bangs that are split Ugh. yes Ugh. yes why did he's anyone... got 90s protagonist hair for sure absolutely I just wish they were wearing some like BK Knight light up sneakers. Yes, that is that is that would that would really make this the ultimate <sighs> '90s movie. Oh man, yes. those, God, those were the things we thought were cool, man. We really, oh man, the, I remember <sighs> thinking those were the coolest things that could exist. Oh yeah, the, yeah, definitely. shoes with lights on them. What? It, this is the height of fashion. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Though those were uh, eventually supplanted by wheelies. Yes. You know, oh, shoes with wheels. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which I I did. You have you ever have the heelys? I never had them. No, no I always I was wanted too them. Afraid. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was a thing where it's like, well, and I think it's it was a little also, bit a- after our time. I think I think we were a little too old for. Them. Yeah, I remember. We were definitely in high school when those came out. Yeah, and I remember yeah. thinking they were cool, but yeah, there was some part of me that knew, not not for me though. Yeah, but yeah. the idea I don't need of them to get seemed... beat up that much, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. So just that scene there, and then also the uh, the, all these magical powers and stuff that are around, and he mm-hmm. just has his henchmen pour gasoline and burn this. I just thought, like, wait, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> Everybody's got crazy powers, but then it's just like boys. And then the the Lee brothers just kind of stand there going like, oh, no. I'm like, well, maybe try to stop them pouring the gasoline. There's like, oh, shit. Oh, this is bad. Yeah, no. Uh, no. We'll, we'll just watch it happen. Uh, and then we'll half-heartedly try to save our mother figure, Satori. Yeah, so. uh, before she closes herself into the theater to let them survive so we can see them dive away. From the exploding theater. Boy. <laughs> it's... You know, I do think the practical effect of the, the theater exploding was pretty good, though. Not pretty a good. bad explosion. Not a bad explosion <laughs> at all. Uh, and, of course, as the theater is burning, you do get... We haven't talked about the uh, blonde female henchman of Juco, but she does say... Oh, the Lash. Yeah, Lash. <laughs> with her whip. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. that's from the game, right? Yes, although her name wasn't Lash, I believe. Okay. But, uh, yeah, but she there was a villain henchman in the games who who used a whip for sure. Uh, yeah. Let me see here. Uh, <laughs> this is when every female villain used a whip as a weapon. Well, because we're just two years out from uh, Batman Returns, which is heavy right. on the whip. Uh, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Heavy so, on the whip. Is it half calf as well? It's half calf. Yeah. So I do like. <laughs> okay. So it, this is another example of like the the Shuko thing where the bad guy was just Willie. In the game, yeah. her name is Linda, and then here <laughs> they make her here they make her full name Linda Lash. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Gotcha. So she is still Linda, but she's Linda Lash, whereas in the okay. game she's just Linda. Now, Marion is the girl you're trying to save, which is uh, uh, Alyssa Milano's character's name. So that's mm. the... But yeah, Linda Lash. But she does you say... See in the second game, she it, it starts out with her character getting murdered. No, that's insane. Yeah. That's the plot of the second game, is getting revenge for her murder. Oh, we didn't treat female characters well in the 90s. No, no, we did not. Uh... Uh, but she does say as the place is burning, is it getting hot in here or is it just me? Oh, Terrible. right. It's the whip lady who says that. The whip that. lady who says that. Yeah. How does she survive the explosion? Uh, they all just kind of walk out and the place blows up. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I, oh. I, I, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, right. And the running thing that's kind of a one liner is, Scott uh, is the whole thing about you're ugly, I'm homely. Mark Dukowski oh, right, says, "Yeah, yeah, real, real great 
running. Yes, Joe. they're the they're the Lee brothers, Ugg mm-hmm. and Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's is very uh, clever. Yeah, and that. <laughs> You think that's a Paul Dini edition? You think those yeah, Paul that's Dini's probably uh... that's that's classic Dini kind of writing right there. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. the kind of that stuff that, that, yeah, that, that made him such a good Batman. Um, mm, yeah, but uh, Jesus Christ, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And they only they only repeat that joke four or five times. It never gets old. <laughs> it never you know, gets old. They ever. throw away the old adage of comedy working in threes. You know, they're like, what if? Eight was yeah, actually I mean, the number of times we should have a callback. Comedy working if in three tens, is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know it's better. Than what three. we have for you. <laughs> if it works three times, why can't it work ten times? Is what we say. Because <laughs> <laughs> other movies didn't have the balls to commit to jokes like that. Um, yeah. We also know about this movie as a boat chase for no reason. That was strange. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> that came out. I, what I love is they, 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 there's a scene where they're getting attacked by all the gangs. Uh, yes. And so they hide in this boathouse and they're like, mm. oh man, great, there's a boat in here. And then they burst out in this boat and they go, like, they'll never get us. And then out of nowhere, just bad guys have jet skis. Yeah, I'm wondering if there are jet skis in that boathouse as well. Or if some of them showed up in jet skis. There could have been a jet ski themed gang as far as very, we know. very much could and of course in all apoc- apocalyptic fashion, you have the Hollywood sign here now waterfront. Yes. Because everything is flooded slash mm. the yeah. earthquake has brought the sign down to <laughs> Yeah, it's all just like, see, scene... man, the world is tarnished. I think this scene has the worst CG effects, which is just the cityscape being yeah. flooded. It's it's uh, it's way too ambitious for this budget. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is one of the big sins that a lot of, especially a lot of older movies fall yeah. for, yeah. is that they get way too ambitious for what the budget is. Whereas, like, a lot of the more modern stuff we watch is, the exact opposite they're so unambitious but yeah they're boring yeah no yeah. it is sort of just going like but you get yeah oh and it's interesting this is only a couple of years out from water world uh water world's a couple oh, years after right. this which is uh famously like well at the time the most expensive movie ever because actually yeah. trying to do a world of water is chaos Filming a whole movie on just water, yeah, that the, would be the documentary about the making of Waterworld. I hype highly recommend about just being one of the most disastrous shoots. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's great because yeah, that entire movie, every single set was floating on the ocean. Oh jeez, and stuff kept getting wrecked by hurricanes and stuff like that. And, of course, yeah, 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 horrible, horrible movie to work on i love that movie though i am a big water world defender as has come up on the show before i think um so yeah so they get into a big boat chase and then yeah okay we need to talk about we've mentioned a couple times but to torture information out of um uh a bobo bobo. Alyssa milano is force feeding him spinach and he is like a beer bong like a farting like nobody's business it's the '90s, and farts are funny. Mm. Mm. I actually do think farts are funny, but they can uh, be. They're, you can do a good <laughs> fart joke. 
Uh, I'm not Conceptually sure. Conceptually speaking, they're just—it's just a funny thing the body does. Yeah, no, uh, and, and it's 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 a, it's a great uh, arena for comedy. Not sure I'm looking sure. forward to my Double Dragon movie. <laughs> really? No. Mel <laughs> Brooks. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Mel, oh well, Mel uh, Brooks is the master. I mean, Blazing Saddles is the all-time best fart joke by far. Exactly. That campfire yeah. scene is genius. Um, but yeah, the. Uh, god yeah terrible disgusting like this whole sequence was so disturbing i just i just want to take footage from this movie and like put it on a screen in the background of some sort of weird experimental theater like performance just have piece. people going like, you know what i mean what, what is what the this? fuck is this yeah the, i felt very inspired by this movie <laughs> i do think this whole podcast is just you and i going Shit, we could write some action movies. This is not, it doesn't seem that hard. <laughs> this, this is insanity. Yeah. If this if this shit counts, we could easily write something better than this. Uh, man, if the bar is Can't this do low, any worse. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If these are things that are getting legitimate releases, man, we're we're just fine. Uh mm. yeah, so they um the the brothers end up in the secret uh power core compound because they're mm. looking for a bathroom and accidentally fall into the hideout. That's true. Well, they were looking for it. Right. And they right? think... Because they, like, we need help right. or something. And the, it's this whole terrible... Once again, don't try... These movies should not try to be funny. That's an action shelf staple. Uh, yeah. The whole thing about, like, it says to go this way. It's like, don't you know, bro? That's a total fake out. They want us to do that. Instead, we should go this way, and then they end up falling to a, through a trap door. And then Alyssa Milano yeah. says, "Why didn't you just take the stairs? There's a sign." I told you, this really feels like bad Bill and Ted material. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Whoa! And there, also the amount of times they high five in this movie. Uh, and, but it's also the weirdest high five because mm -hmm. I think. Uh, Jimmy is always like doing the double fist and then Billy's doing the open hand. So they're doing like double turkey, I think is what is yeah. what they're doing. Classic double turkey situation. <laughs> double turkey. Double, double turkey. turkey. Annihilated. Um but uh the, yeah, I I and once again, I don't that maybe all, all that kind of stuff I'm going maybe that's a thing from the game like after they oh, defeat I somebody, mean, they do something like maybe. that. I don't know. Yeah. I I just it's the only thing in my mind that could explain some of the decisions where I'm going, well, the, it, the only way that makes any sense to me is if that's some kind of reference to the game, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the but weirdest stuff. So much isn't though. No, like that's the, the earthquake thing. thing in the games. It's nuclear apocalypse is oh, what it is. They thought that it's an actual dark. apocalypse. They think that they th I think they thought that was too dark and or too expensive. Yeah. That's probably <laughs> Where they're just like, I don't know, nuclear ravage stuff? That's going to cost money. I want to see Double Dragon done with the seriousness of Chernobyl. That's actually <laughs> what I want to see. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. Well, uh, Craig Mazin is doing The Last of Us show. He's a video game guy. Uh, maybe uh, we'll maybe see if it lives up to Double Dragon. If it can possibly live up to Double Dragon, because it will have come out by the time you're hearing this, but... Uh, it's just premiering as we're recording this, so uh, oh, yeah. I I, gotta, I am very excited for it. 
Uh, I've heard nothing but great things. Uh, mm. So, yeah. So they end up here. Um, but yeah. So that when they break into Shuko's headquarters, they do this by having their child terrorists rollerblade around uh, uh, mm. the lobby of his building just so security that can go, sense. hey, you kids, get out of here. I mean, this is this is the same thing the Mighty Ducks do yes. to adults yes. in those movies. You know, like, <laughs> these crazy kids on their roller... I mean, number one, when people are on rollerblades were in the 90s as well. Do you remember, John, do you remember the Mighty Ducks cartoon? Of course series? I do. Where there's some kind there of weird duck hockey future a... cops? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that might have been the wildest uh, even as a child i'm like wait hold on what yeah the movie they're just kids uh, they're just on a hockey team why are they fighting crime i don't understand <laughs> yeah is this the same world it's weird it's really mm-hmm. weird <laughs> do you remember one of the one of the uh uh mo- or not, slogans or something was quack to business is that <laughs> does that sound right that, yeah uh, i mean it does yeah I think they used just about every possible uh, (laughs) duck pun you could think about across that whole franchise Mm. at Mm -hmm. some point, right? (laughs) So that was also the 90s. The 90s were a weird time. Uh, It it explains why everyone I know who grew up in the 90s is super fucking weird Uh, because we watched this weird shit. Well, you know, I told you I've been one of my quarantine since it started – things mm-hmm. has been rewatching mighty Morphin power rangers and you're just mm-hmm. like that show is filled with you're just like dude this is so bizarre mm. oh i mean just all of the different action figure toys we had street sharks street sharks just <laughs> just, just buff anthropomorphic shark dudes that's I mean, all it was it was that in a cartoon show that came came with it oh yeah. they were so jossum though <laughs> oh so, i mean that vin diesel commercial is, is amazing. maybe maybe the perfect like if you could if you could infuse that commercial with crystal pepsi that is the most perfect <laughs> time yeah. capsule mm. of the 90s you will ever see it really is it really is Man. Can you imagine how much better watching this movie would have been if there was commercial breaks of like '90s commercials? All right. Yeah, I would. I would legitimately love that. I think that would be great. The new Super Soaker Extreme or Gush- yeah. get some Gushers ads in here. Oh, oh yeah, Those yeah. Nightmare-inducing gushers ads. Yeah, where the kids turn uh, into fruit. Capri Sun. Capri, Capri Sun, Sun, Sun real weird, too. Well, because everything in the 90s... Yak factories going yeah, on. Yeah, everything know? in the 90s was... I mean, the joke is always it was extreme, but it was. So, like, yeah, your juice pouch had to be like, I'm on a surfboard or rollerblading or skateboarding mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. drinking this juice that's just sugar. There's no fruit in here at all. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. We were both super health conscious and also consumed nothing but garbage in the 90s. It was a weird dichotomy where it was like we were obsessed with artificial things, right? It was like the perception of the reduced fat stuff. And you're like, yeah, but actually what they're putting in to reduce the fat is way worse than the Exactly. But we, well, it's before we caught wind of it. You know, we love they, they want to get away with a bunch of shit. We yeah, love exactly. The, we love the perception we were eating healthy things uh, mm-hmm. without actually. Mm-hmm. It's just it, yeah, the '90s was we- kids. The '90s was weird. 
It's yeah. weird. It's weird. No, nothing like that 1400 calorie McDonald's salad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you go like, it's a salad. Yeah. It's a salad. It's got to be healthy. <laughs> if yeah, you call it's... anything a salad, people will be like, well, I guess that's good for me then. Load me up. <laughs> it's got them vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? I was surprised. I looked around. This movie never had... There was no like fast food or toy tie-in with it. It does seem like they would have tried to do that. I just I this went so under the radar. I yeah, think I think nobody, it. I I think it did, but it does seem like a movie. I think they, even the studio knew nobody's gonna fucking watch this. Oh shit. man, I'm looking at the toys though, not from the movie. I definitely mm-hmm. had the Billy and Jimmy double drag. I don't know if this this might have been from the the cartoon show. Mm, that makes sense. I distinctly remember having these, though, and they're in there. Oh, God, when they get the costumes at the end of this movie. Um, <laughs> boy. Oh, Those wow. sparkly things. <laughs> Those did not look cool. Finally. Oh. And they, they were expecting kids to be like, finally, they're in their game costumes. And you're like, oh, God. No, they were like. Pinkwind, and they look like they should be doing like a Vegas show. It, do, it, mm-hmm. yeah, it does look like the, the Vegas strip show version of Double Dragon. A uh, couple of rhinestone douchebags. Yeah. Gonna... Well, you know what I love <laughs> is they get the outfits, and then they don't do anything once they're in them. Nope. No. <laughs> it's after the climax of the film, right? Or it is the. Climax, it's the climax or... of the film. They because they. Uh, well, we need to skip to the way they defeat Robert Patrick is because they now have the soul power. They just enter mm-hmm. his body. So disturbing. The whacking, yeah. jacking, the entering of people's bodies. Ugh, this movie. Um, Super fucked up, yeah. And uh, they're just like, it's a good and, goof. And they, and they, yeah, they of course they make him, hey, bro. And once again, Robert Patrick, pretty game to be doing like, I'm a surfing dude. And so, sadly, good actors in this movie. Um, but no. uh, But they just have him turn himself in. I'm like, yeah. that's it? They're not going to fight him? Nope. 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 They have him turn himself in and make out a personal check to the the police department. <laughs> to keep, yeah. He's, here you go. I'm going to keep the police department funded. Here's What? Yeah. So the police department is privately funded? In it's, the, it, I, I, is, well, I guess so. The, money? the government has abandoned them, so I guess that's the, right. that's the idea. But yeah. Why is... I don't understand yeah. why the police are there. The whole like, subplot it... with Alyssa Milano's father, who's the police chief, that guy is hmm. the most ill-defined of a movie full of ill-defined characters. He's also the most gives the most boring performance. Well, because you the they, they do there is a scene where you see Robert Patrick try to bribe him, and he's like, "No way, buddy! Hmm. I yeah. don't I don't sell my badge for anyone." Like they want him to be like a Jim Gordon. Speaking of Paul Dini. Right, like sort of just like, I don't care, buddy. You can't buy me. But mm. then at the end, that's the thing, because he goes like, keep your money. He's like, no, no, arrest me too. Just take the money as well and help the city. He's like, oh, okay. But okay. Like I said, the, the fact that this movie ends with the villains being loaded into police cars and handcuffs is like, well, that's pretty weird. They were setting up for the sequel, right? They yeah. wanted Robert Patrick to come back. I'll get you, Lee Brothers, and next time so you that can... he can murder Melissa Milano. Yeah, <laughs> or Alyssa Milano. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then you get the really weird ending, where they right. think <laughs> Billy Yeesh. has taken over a Bobo's body, 
but really it's just a Bobo who has become, who has gone from villain to pathetic to comic sidekick. He's really the Slimer of this franchise. <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. <laughs> uh, because at the end of the movie, he's like, oh, I did. Also, I think he's getting dumber by the end of the movie. Because beginning, he's just kind of he's a guy. He's like I'm a mohawk or whatever. And by the end, he yeah. goes, "Me drive car, <laughs> go real fast." <laughs> what I love is clearly he couldn't get in the car in that costume, right? So you see of him start not. to get in the car. Cut to he's in the car, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which actually is the thing with RoboCop too. I think we've talked about that that you can't actually get RoboCop into a car. Uh, yeah. It has to be that they, because they have to like cut the car apart to put the RoboCop costume in there, uh, and it's yeah. actually legitimately apparent. I've heard that it, uh, in Hobbs and Shaw to get Dwayne Johnson into like those high-end Italian sports cars, they actually have to grease him up and slide him in because those <laughs> those cars are built small, <laughs> light. They're not built for a man the rock size, so they have to like slide him in. God. Yeah. Jesus. <sighs> you know, you're going like, yeah, you can't put the rock in a Ferrari. Like, that's just not, it's not made for him. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do think that's funny. Uh, but so, yeah, the end of the movie is, once again, I guess this would have continued in the sequel, this weird love triangle of the Lee brothers and Alyssa Milano. And then you right. get one of the last of multiple we haven't talked about there's a lot of the time in the movie where the lee brothers look at each other and then go Aah! which is a very 90s movie where they're screaming kind of at the camera slightly yes Whoa! exactly the way that nobody would actually do no 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 and as a bobo drives off and then weirdest beat at the end of this movie <laughs> I don't know if that's true, John. I think the weirdest beat is still a Bobo staring into a mirror for like, who, I don't know, like am, a 45 second scene where he's I? coming to terms with his monstrosity, what, you know, his new What has state. a Bobo become? <laughs> so weird. Am I even still a Bobo? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, uh, yeah. What is a man? Yeah. What, what is, is a it? monster? <laughs> am I... <laughs> Am I man or monster? Um, yeah, he is man uh, the real monster. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's staring into the mirror. But yeah, at the end of the movie, they speed off the the Lee brothers, Alyssa Milano, and a Bobo, and we pass mm. by Al Leong and one of the other henchmen, who literally have signs that say "Will hench for food." Yes. And they're like, oh, man, now that Shuko got arrested, we got to find new jobs. And I just was sitting there going like, what, what, just end movie? Why do you need a comic beat? Who is this for? I I mean, I'm glad Al Leong gets more to do because I love that guy. But not not like, I mean, Al Leong does have one of the funniest moments in Die Hard when he eats that crunch bar. That's true. And that was all him. That was all him. It's so funny where he's holding his machine gun position and he looks and he's at a candy display and he's like uh, uh. and then when it cuts back to him he's eating the candy bar that he took like that's funny that was funny this is yeah. not this is terrible and it goes on <laughs> for a bit there's a bit of back and forth here they're the Abbott is, and Costello yeah. of this I wonder if we would have seen these guys in the imaginary sequel which we like might think so. we might be coming up with that sequel in just a second here 
Or the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of uh, <laughs> Double Dragon. They universe. really are, aren't they? And so that's kind mm. of the movie. Is there anything else we didn't talk about? Because we just kind of skipped around this one. Um, yeah, it's, it's. Is there anything? It's hard to focus on anything. In no, no, and I think that's totally fine for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. is there anything um, that we didn't talk about? No. Could not tell you. No, I, I think just, I covered. Most of my notes were just like individual things to remember that happened in this movie. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, the it was only... kind of just a loosely strung together <laughs> bunch of chase scenes. Well, because yeah, it's it all did feel like it's all just he wants medallion, they have medallion, they try to keep it away from him. It's a very simple mm-hmm. plot. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if maybe this movie was a writing exercise, <laughs> like every step of the process you make the worst decision possible you know and that's how this movie is created that's what it feels mm-hmm. like to me mm-hmm. you know so it's about yeah. two brothers oh but they're don't look like they're actually related yeah. one's white one's asian okay great perfect mm-hmm. what a great way to start oh okay. yeah <laughs> uh now robert patrick will be playing uh what what, what is his name shuka uh, shuko or something yeah, uh, Koga uh, very Japanese sounding Kogashuko. That's what it is. Yeah, uh, perfect. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, all right. Uh, there's a adobo a who will turn into a giant meat monster yeah. for no reason. Um, <laughs> it does. It seems like we, one of our uh, things at the end of the show. We're just like, let's just throw some shit at the screen here. Yeah, exactly. Because they saw Akira right before this, and like, we need a giant meat monster somewhere in here. So uh, <laughs> that's that's I guess what they came up with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, Yeesh. this movie's not good, but I, I don't know that I would say avoid it because it is fascinating. It's mm. kind of a fascinating. I will say if you can find some kind of YouTube highlight reel of like the weirdest or best or you know moments from this movie, <laughs> it must exist. Yeah, it must like exist. just I've... just get a taste. You know. Mm-hmm. I believe there's also a riff tracks of this. Ooh, that's good Ooh, too. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That I do think this is a movie that's aided by that. How did this get made? Did an episode about it too that's that's worth mm-hmm. listening to. Um mm-hmm. there's a cuz it's just you just need to soak up the strangeness of it, but I'm not sure you actually need to take the full whatever 96 minute ride. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um Okay, well, uh, we, uh, we 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 were a little harsh on this movie, uh, but um, I I don't think I don't actually know that many people get killed in it, so I don't have a best kill for this one. I don't think there is one. And none of the villains die, no. as far as I know. And even the woman who the 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 woman who dies at the beginning. Linda comes Lash. Back. Oh wait, yeah. No, no, yeah. the the uh, their their mentor woman, uh, uh-huh. Psycho, or that's no, not Psycho. Um, Sari, what's her name? I have it here. Uh, Satori, Satori, Satori. Yeah, yes. even she comes back as like a force ghost at the end, sort of, you know, to be like, oh, she? yeah. She when they get the double dragon, she appears in the like magic mist to be like, this was right. your destiny. Right. Holy shit! I completely forgot about that. Oh my god. Yeah, this movie is a fever dream. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm getting traumatic flashbacks now. Uh, yeah. I hear choppers in the distance, John. <laughs> Johnny. Johnny! Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think we have anything of that. 
Can we pick a best one-liner from the? We haven't. Even, we didn't even talk about all the one-liners. So let's. Uh... I mean, what's there to talk about, John? Well, and... how about uh, when we mentioned earlier, Scott Wolf makes a guy trip on gumballs, and then that guy's head falls into a suitcase and he's knocked unconscious, and Scott Wolf says, "What a head case." Let's just pause here. Yeah. Just gonna, I'm just going to pause the process here yeah. because this henchman shows up later and he still has the suitcase yeah. around <laughs> his hair because he couldn't figure out how to open up a stupid fucking sh- suitcase. What a yes, when case. he goes Fuck. to light the theater on fire. Yes, he still has a... That's the, uh, person, that's the kind of movie we're talking suitcase. about. That's the kind of movie we're talking about. Yes. Uh, so you have yes. that. Uh, mm-hmm. when a dobe, uh, when a bobo falls into the net, it does nothing but net. Uh, Yeesh. when they're lighting the theater, uh, is it just me or is it hot in here? Of course, the previously mentioned, you're ugly, I'm homely. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, when they're in the morgue and he says, be quiet, you'll wake the dead. And then... And then a, a, no, a, a, a guy sits, yeah. sits up, yeah. And then Shuko possesses one with his double dragon power. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, at the end, you have Shuko say to Scott Wolf, you're weak like your father. And he responds, well, you're ugly like your mother. <laughs> oh! <laughs> this is like the height of your mother jokes, right? It is, yeah. yeah. I feel like that might 2000s. be the winner here. That's the sickest yeesh. burn in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, none of yeah. this will ever come back for the shelfies. So don't worry. Yeah. Well, no, you'll never no. hear these again. Uh, well, like I said, we were a little rough on this movie, but believe it or not, some people don't mind it. So uh, in my quest to find the strangest IMDb reviews, this one's pretty weird. Uh, mm-hmm. So this comes to us from uh, uh, IMDb user Krishna Diehouse. 66313 okay. I don't know mm. uh, and the the review is titled great cast love this movie I think it's very underrated look how innocent and silly it is good versus evil no sex scenes or cursing so many cute adorable <laughs> cast members all of which I still watch to this day especially in a time where humanity needs to be wiped out and will wipe itself out in due time <laughs> People are horrible, just like in this movie, always wanting the power and control. Very selfish, everyone is. These movies help me escape to a better place in time. 10 out of 10 stars. What a wild turn. That was, wow, right? Yeah. (laughs) What a cute cast. Humanity's doomed. (laughs) Humanity should be wiped off the face of the earth. But in the meantime, I can enjoy Double Dragon. Like... It's so, yeah, very weird review. I, I woke up this morning uh, fully anticipating to go and murder somebody in cold blood with my bare hands, but then I watched Double Dragon and well, it and stopped weir- me. It satiated weir- my thirst. The weird thing, it starts with a puritanical kind of Christian, like, well, hey, no sex scenes or cursing, so that's nice. Right. But then mm-hmm. it's just like, and humanity can eat it, you know? Yeah. So bizarre, man. So bizarre. Eesh. Now, okay. unfortunately, our no. pal Bruce didn't see this. So. This doesn't seem like a Bruce movie. I don't to think me. Bruce. There's a lot of magic and a lot of, but a lot of kicking. He'd like the kicking, but yeah, a little too there's much no fantasy for him. And, or and, shooting. And, yeah, a little too much, a little too little of that. So I will instead continue with uh, something I started last week uh, for this segment of the winning opinion. 
the this is Bruce's review of uh The Wire season three. We talked about Bruce's <laughs> love of the the television series The Wire and how he seems yeah. to ignore everything that people praise The Wire about, uh, its criticisms <laughs> of the systemic failures and the war on drugs. And instead, he really <laughs> enjoys it as an action program. So here, he, this is his review of season three of The Wire, which most people consider to be the real high point of the series, like the best season. So <laughs> here it is. Uh, his review is titled, The Sun Just Set Here, But Tomorrow is Season 4 of 5. Bring it! That's the title. Okay. I like this sort of crime drama. I like the violence. I like the shooting. I like the punching and kicking. This season's story was about legalizing drugs. How does this experiment turn out? Five out of five stars. Ooh. Ooh. It, made, it made Bruce think this time. How does legalizing wow. drugs turn out? I mean, on the mm. wire? Not well. Um, Great. Yeah, is, is uh, how it works. In, in real that. life, well, the uh, it, the wire the wire brings up a very interesting point about because once again it's a real thinky show that doesn't have answers and raises a lot of valid questions. Mm -hmm. But Bruce is going, mm -hmm. I like when they shoot the guns. <laughs> yeah, they go bang bang boom. And I I will say, I I don't remember much punching and kicking ever on that show though. Like it's not yeah not, not a lot I of remember. not a lot of fight scenes on the wire. People get shot, but there's yeah. not a lot of like hand-to-hand -hand combat so i don't know what show bruce is watching um but we'll have you. we'll have is it more walker texas ranger <laughs> oh sorry i i wrote this for the wire this is actually a review of season three of walker texas ranger uh <laughs> anyway we'll have we'll continue bruce's because he does review every season so we'll continue those as we fill in the gaps uh for movies he doesn't do but uh let's uh we did talk about i think this was meant to be a franchise but obviously this didn't take off but let's imagine a world where it did get a franchise and i'm gonna fire up mm -hmm. the handy dandy action movie title generator and we're gonna come up with the subtitle so this will be double dragon colon here it is and i've said it by the way because this this new uh our new updated version can uh, i can set it to different genres so i'm i'm mm -hmm. putting this in fantasy i right. think because of the magic Excellent. and stuff involved so that we we need to what is the plot of double dragon colon wolf of the dungeons wolf of the dungeons wolf Ooh. of Ooh, the dungeons Ooh. yeah i think uh so there's another pendant Ooh, yeah. it's wolf, a wolf pendant i like it they have the double dragon but instead they discover the wolf pendant and somebody else. The lone wolf pendant. The it's lone, not two. It's, it's one. just one pendant. And somebody yeah. else, Kogashuko, from his prison cell, has also discovered the location of the. But due to budget constraints, Kogashuko is now played by Eric Roberts instead of Robert Patrick. Of course, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, prison has changed him, John. Yeah, and he—that's—that's that's one of his lines. Is like, "You look different than I remember." Prison's changed me. <laughs> yeah. So he yeah. orchestrates a, uh, a a breakout with the help of, of course, his uh, uh, loyal uh, henchman like Lash. Right? What about this, John, because yeah. it's Wolf of the Dungeons, Wolf right? Wolf of the Dungeons, yeah. So what if going to prison was part of the plan the whole time? Oh, because I love buried it. deep below the prison is like un it was built upon the ruins of another prison, which is where. <laughs> 
which is the last recorded location of this wolf lone wolf's pendant. <laughs> I yeah. love it. That is great. <laughs> so it, it you know it, it the first movie was all part of his plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. His master plan. And then almost game of death style, the 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 double dragons have to fight their way through prisoners yes, yes. down yes. to the bottom where they finally have their final confrontation with Kogoshuko. Yeah. Yes. And this time a Bobo is on their side, so we also get him doing stuff as he's learning yes. to tame the beast inside. We get oh, we, we get a whole storyline about him choosing to uh go against his monster instincts. Oh, we definitely yeah. get a Bobo juggernauting through the prison wall. Yeah! That's how the, that's how the brothers make their entrance. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Somebody order some a Bobo. <laughs> a Bobo to go-go! There you go. There it is. There it is. Uh, absolutely. And they are in the sparkly outfits the whole movie, too. Uh, yes. <laughs> the whole time the whole time uh yes well there you go that's uh double dragon wolf of the dungeons uh coming soon to a 1995 drive-in um <laughs> well next week on the show uh alex you mentioned him earlier but yes it wouldn't be a video game month without an uve bowl production uh so yeah. we have to get a little uve bowl in here and we I've never seen this movie. Uh we are talking about his 2008 adaptation of Far Cry. Yeesh. Yes, that's right. The first person shooter game franchise Far Cry. He made a mm. movie of uh which mm. is really bizarre to me. I don't know quite yep. what it is. Uh but our good friend joining the show for the first time, we tried to get this guy on uh, uh, several times before, but it finally worked out. Our good friend Reed Morris will be with us to talk about the mm -hmm. Far Cry movie from Uwe Boll. To threaten him. We did I, have I, to, I, yeah. what happened. Yeah. yeah, we have some dirt on him uh, that we threatened yeah. to release uh, that could really put a damper on his life. Uh, <laughs> no, he'll be coming on to talk about that. Uh, no tagline listman on this movie. What more is needed? Oh. I guess what more is needed advertiser than Uwe Boll's Far Cry? You know what to I think we know what to expect. We do have I, I think. I, I don't want to say I'm looking forward to anything in this movie because it's going to mm. be terrible, but yes. it is Till Schweiger who's playing the lead in it and Ooh. I we do love him as Stieglitz in Inglorious Bastards. Uh, Inglorious Bastards, yeah. Um so I, and I love Udo Kier so who's playing the villain in it. That guy is always good. For a creepy Far Cry games are known for having eccentric villains. You they know? are, and so. I do. I mean, if it wasn't Uwe Boll, Far Cry, you could imagine being a cool like Easily. action shelf movie. They're Easily. built to be. They're really inspired by crazy action films. Yes. So yeah, it's a bummer. And actually, I do have, and I'll share this here: a piece of trivia that Uwe Boll bought the rights to Far Cry before the game had even come out. So he just got Before in. the first game ever came out? Correct. Whoa. It was wow. just in development, and he got word of it and got the rights to it. Because 08, this movie comes out, that's not too long. I mean, when did that game come out? It had to be around the same I, time. Right? I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, very strange. Yeah. it's it. Uh, I mean, the game came out in 04. So, I mean, that's pretty close, though, to get 
four mm-hmm. years to get a movie adaptation of a video game. That's wild. So yeah. we will be talking about Far Cry. No idea what to expect. Uh, it is on Amazon Prime if you want to watch along with us. Be warned. Uh- <laughs> it's Uwe Boll. If you haven't seen an Uwe Boll film, prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Uh, this whole month yeah. was us basically going, okay, not every week can be an Uwe Boll movie. It would have been really right. easy to program just Uwe Boll video game movies. Oh, we could. you could do an Uwe Boll year. Mm-hmm. Oh, easily. His, his I, will, I will say work is... Uh, over on my Monsters podcast, Meet the Monsters, we will be doing his Blood Rain movies over there. So I'm oh, no. sorry. <laughs> I'm so... I John, I, whatever. Whenever you're recording those, mm-hmm. I'm busy. I, I'm oh, sorry. oh, what? Come on, Lisman. <laughs> yeah, whenever, whenever that's happening, I've got that. Stuff really going seems on that like day, an so. action shelf crossover opportunity, though. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it would be so perfect, but I, I I'm yeah, sorry. You're just Something too, just, you're just came too, up. Your schedule's too jam packed. Uh, well, yeah, exactly. Alex, I want to thank you for coming on. You continue to choose the weirdest movies, which is great. <laughs> I love that you have no, it's a theme. I love that you yeah. have a reputation on the show for that. Um, and you yeah. uh, uh, will continue to because I know you're already signed up for a couple things later this year. So, uh, yep. yeah, yeah, very Some goodies. excited. Yeah, Some, I, I will. I will keep my track record going strong. I believe. I think. I, I think. Yeah, so. you definitely will. Uh, but that is going to do it for this week's episode of The Action Shelf. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Till next week, get yourself some action. The Action Shelf. The Action Shelf.